0: Tuesday evening, welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Tuesday night flight. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. I got to introduce the man in the middle, the pivot man, the big man, the autograph extraordinaire Mr. Double R himself, <laughs> my man Ross, here for Joe the fan, baby.
1: What's up? What's up?
0: And on his, I guess that would be his left, my right, you have the one the only, The biggest Eric B and Rock him fan known to man, the Midnight Rider. What's going on, man? Yep, don't sweat the technique. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) How y'all, gentlemen, doing? Good, how you? I'm feeling good, man. I'm, hey, when you get anytime you get to work from home, that's always a good thing.
1: That's a good day.
0: So, now today is the debut of our Joe the Fan segment. Yes, indeed. And I'm going to toss to the Midnight Rider. To start this thing off, but Ross is here. He's our inaugural Joe Defame Midnight Rider. Take it away. So, so let's even talk about the beginning of this for us. Um, I think we came across Ross a few months ago, thanks to the show. Um, Methurst and Russell or Russell and Methurst, how they yeah. put that together. Um Ross heard about the show and he's showing up for us like it's nobody's business. Love the support. Appreciate the support. Um, So he was like one of the first people that came to mind. We had about we had a bunch of names, but we figured let's start off with Ross. Um, So as I start anything I do when it comes to talking with people, always talk since you're a sports fan and diehard sports fan. Do you have like a first memory or even your fondest memory when it comes to this game of sports, basketball, football, baseball, whatever it is? I
1: have a few. Um, It goes back KG like this. When I was a kid and saw the Yankees win their first World Series, my dad let me stay up and watch it. And they had lost to the Reds the year before. Four games straight, and they got swept. And as a little kid, you're distraught, man. Your team got beat. Next year, they came back and won. Then they doubled up and they won the following year, too. That That's probably one of my first memories. Um, another memory, this is way back. You guys are younger than me, but I got to see Dr. J in the in the ABA down in Richmond, play with with all the guys and just watching him. And at that point, not knowing what he was going to turn out to be, and it, it, that was amazing. And of course, any of the the Redskins Super Bowls and the Nats and the Caps winning the chip. So, so I've been lucky.
0: So, if you had to say, I mean, we're pressing you right now to say like your favorite athlete who would your favorite athlete be or even if you have to give a top five to give respect to everybody that you like
1: favorite athlete my, my favorite player of all time still to this day is thurman munson number 15 the captain for, for the yankees i played i played catcher in boys club and in high school and i wore 15 i wore it all the way through when i played softball just he he that was my guy No no matter what um that that was it, and then Magic Johnson when he started playing. I'm not a Lakers fan, but watching Magic play, I still don't think anybody ran the point like he ran the point at six nine.
0: I gotta agree with you on that one because that's exactly how I feel. I'm not a Lakers fan, yeah, but it's just something about Magic that draws me to him. Uh now here's a question for you. We'll bring it to the we're we're, we're gonna. We're going to talk commanders, but I know when we talk uh, bullets slash wizards, right? Now that hype train that was the seventies bullets, yeah. Compared to, let's say the the big three era, which one would you would say would be a best a better era as a fan? As
1: a fan, the 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 old school era. It, it was. The, the, they were legitimate contenders every year. I mean, every year they were legitimate contenders. Um, and they played. It wasn't, you know, they played every night. Wes Unseld, and I know you guys have seen he he would lean on Bob Lanier, lean on Kareem, all those guys, and wear them out. And he couldn't jump any higher than a stack of quarters off the ground, but he could get that big body in there and out-rebound. Anybody, and, and those guys played hard every night. Um, not taking anything away from, from from the big three. I just think that was just a better era. That, that, that era lasted longer, um, and they were a lot more consistent. But when when, it, when that era was over, it was over. When Bobby D and, and the Big E and Wes and all them left, it was over. Phil Chenier still to this day has one of the sweetest jump shots ever. If you go back and watch a video of Phil Chenier, he had one of the sweetest jump shots ever, ever.
0: Mm. See, a connoisseur of history. I love it. I love it. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. But see, No, no, go ahead. I know what you got. Go ahead. <laughs> see, I, because of what you've seen, right? how you can break it down, I could sit here and pick your brain all day. Like, <laughs> uh, 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 put it this way. A, a, a car ride. If we went from here to Texas, I don't think anybody would sleep. Well, I wouldn't sleep because I'd be thinking no. the whole ride. Right. We'd be talking, right? Hey, But uh, now talking Redskins football team, Commanders, however you want to go. Uh, watching now, you watched them in the seventies under George Island, correct?
1: Yeah, I got I got to see him. Um, I don't I don't have memories of the super bowl they lost to the dolphins i don't have memories of that my 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 memories are, are more i guess around like 75 in, in that area in that area i can i can remember sitting on the back porch at my parents house crying when they lost to the vikings i mean crying like like boohoo crying like somebody ran over my dog crying they lost 35 to 20 and just just heartbroken as a little kid because they had a really good team. That team should have done a lot more than what it did, but the Vikings the Vikings beat them. Sammy, I think it was Sammy White. It might have been Ahmad Rashad. Caught a pass laying on his back and then got up and ran into into the end zone. But I, I can I can still remember that. I've got to see a lot of stuff. I still remember Washington getting ready to force Dallas to punt, and D.D. Lewis just moved the ball a little bit and drew them off sides, and they called it offsides sides on Washington, gave Dallas the first down, and they ran out the clock. That was sometime in the seventies. I still remember that.
0: <clears> hey. <throat> so, what you got from the eighties? Is there is there a fond memory or a great story like that for you from the eighties?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, as you go, like when when Gibbs first took over, because Jack Party came in, um, and the team was okay. They weren't fantastic, but they played hard for him because he was an ex-player and he had a lot of respect with the players in 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 there. Um, when Joe Gibbs took over and he first started losing, everybody everybody's just like, what the hell's going on? We, we thought this guy was this great thing. But as it, as it went, that first win when they beat Chicago, you, you can go back and, and see that. Um, I think we had a linebacker who intercepted the ball. Was it Don Hover maybe intercepted the ball? Somebody picked the ball off or recovered a fumble in the end zone, and it went from there. They won. Um, From that point on, they were competitive every, every time out. Um I was I was fortunate to see a lot of stuff. I mean, I got to see the rivalry Billy Kilmer and Sonny Jergenson go through to where Joe Thisman was returning punts. Kilmer and, and Sonny hated Joe because he was so cocky. He he was just he was so cocky. But I mean, if you're good, you're you're gonna be cocky that he he, he did it, but he's returning punts. He did anything he, he could to get on the field. Um and then finally he he got the opportunity. So
0: it's crazy because I think for what Dyson went through, what he did, I still think he should be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but that's just me. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and leave that alone. <laughs> that's just me. Uh bring it to the forefront and talking about the 2023 commanders. Uh what's your let's start with your concerns for this team this year? Uh what what what's got you kind of not feeling so safe?
1: well it and I'll steal Doc Walker's line where he said you got to win October they gotta win in September they never ever ever start out fast ever. I think we talked about that the other night they they just never start out fast um the offensive line looked a lot better this this game but it's still I mean it's not game ready I mean it's not even against the Cardinals the Cardinals got a decent defense they got some players. Um, you got a block. Um, I was also worried about the defense. They were just getting gashed with the run. Now, that that's still a problem. That's been a problem. I think uh, BJ had brought that up. That that's been for ten years. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the secondary. I do like the young secondary. They they have a, a secondary that likes to hit. That's physical. And all the people that were concerned about Forbes not being able to tackle, Forbes can tackle. He just he showed that last night. Um, but I don't, I don't, I can't say I don't have a concern with Hal. but if he continues to progress, because he even made strides from the previous game to this game, as far as not rolling out to the left or to the right, actually moving his feet, stepping up into pocket, prolonging the play. And then if he decided to run, he'd do that. He had two plays where he held the ball too long and he got sacked, but that's going to happen. And he still threw the ball away a couple of times when he was in trouble. And I I just think he's growing with each, with each opportunity.
0: So, so we got the negatives. Let's say, let's go to the positives. Let's talk about like the things that you are encouraged from this team. Um, Let's not even get, let's not consider last night's performance. Let's let's talk about just from the preseason, you looking um, outside, looking in What's something or some things that you came into this season encouraged about um, and thought was going to be positives for this team.
1: No, we are we we're talking team as far as team, not like the new ownership and stuff like that. We can we
0: can do all of that. We'll do all well, of that.
1: But I think the ownership has a big, a big, big to do with it because the crowd that came out last night, and you know you, yourself playing playing sports playing in high school when you're different from playing at home or from me being at Sarasu playing at Gwynn Park or something like that, where you know you just get rode the whole time. If you have a crowd, your home crowds behind you, you you're going to play better. Um, I'm incur- I'm encouraged by the players. There hasn't been really any distractions. Like, you know, they they tried to stir up something in the beginning with with Chase Young and and this that and that kind of died down. Um, I, I think that everybody's kind of coming together. The team seems to be coming together. They they tried to do it with even Revere tried to stick his foot in his mouth talking about Eric Bieniemy when he should have stayed in house. That that's something that should have never come out in public. I mean, I've made it clear I'm not really a Ron guy, but he can't, you can't, can't let stuff get out. You got to keep stuff in. That's killed the Reds, the Red commanders from Jay Gruden, Jim Zorn, Shanahan, everybody, all the stuff's got out. You got to keep that stuff in and work it out internal. So, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, let's double down on this Ron thing real quick before we move to um, last night's performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you got something else, KG, we'll do that before we go to the performance. Um, you said a couple times in your comments, just what is it about Ron Rivera for you that you just don't have a belief system in him, or you think his time is not here?
1: He hasn't moved the needle. Okay. He had. I mean, he he hasn't. Every year has been a carbon copy of, of the of the year previous. Right. Um, he won a division, but he won a division of seventy nine. Right. He won a division of seventy nine when. The, the Cowboys, the Cowboys had Craig Morton playing quarterback. They had, I mean, it. The, the division was down, and he and they won it. Now he can hang his hat on that, but you still started out being slow in September and October. Same things, and he said things just like he made the comment about Carson Wentz last year, and you go back a couple of years before that, he made about Dwayne Haskins, and just he always seems to say something where he's putting where he, he's kind of shooting a shot at, at somebody on the team or doing something, you know, it's just, it seems like he has a problem holding stuff in, in the clubhouse. I I'm gotcha. a firm believer in that you keep your stuff in, in the clubhouse and, and work it out that way. But it's just, it's been the same thing again. He's a nice guy. I don't have any personal vendetta. I want my team to win. I think he's, I think he's just the guy. He's not the guy. He, he can get you to where he's got you, but he's not going to take you. And this year, if they win ten or eleven games, it's not because of Ron Revere. It's because the defense stepped up and Eric enemy called a hell of a game. And I think that's what it is. I mean, I think I think the, the new ownership sees that. He's had what three years? This is right. his fourth this is his fourth year. It's been the same thing. It it's it's been the same thing. At the end of the year, we gotta to try to bust our ass and get into the playoffs. Then he goes and puts Carson Wentz in. Nobody would have started Nobody would have started Carson Wentz. No, nobody would have started Carson Wentz.
0: You don't think that was all right? So let's 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 double down on that one more time or triple down on it since we've talked around Rivera. Um, Carson Wentz is the guy that he came out early in the season, right? He said, I did the homework on him, I picked this guy, which I didn't believe, but he said that
1: I didn't believe
0: that either, right? Okay, so 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 by him saying that, don't you think he had to give Wentz the chance because he kind of cracked open the window by benching um, Heineke against the 49ers. So he kind of created the window to get Wentz – basically, um, jam Wentz into the starting situation.
1: Right, but I I guess you could look at it that way. But at at that point, that shows me that that's a coach that's overthinking stuff. You've won with Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke – doesn't have a strong arm as strong as an arm as Wentz. He's probably not as athletic as Wentz, but you know what he does? He wins. He, he, he wins. He competes on every play. You don't see him, like, hang his head. His, and the players rallied behind him. When they put Carson Wentz in, any momentum that they had and any feeling that the players had, they were like, what the is going on? Why, why is this happening? I guarantee you, but nobody would say anything because you keep your stuff inside the team. But I just, I just think at that point, when when Wentz came in here, and I feel bad, I feel bad for Wentz. He's been in, in. If he doesn't get hurt, sneaking that ball in Philadelphia, maybe he wins the Super Bowl, and his whole career turns out different. Maybe his whole, month, but I don't think he's right from the neck up. I, I don't, I don't think when when he gets in under center. I just, I, I don't think, I don't think he's right. I just think that that was the thing where where Ron could have said, you know what, I'm going with Taylor. Taylor's taking us this far. I'm going to start Taylor. But he didn't.
0: Totally agree. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. Uh, I'm I'm with you, gentlemen. Uh, a couple comments. The boss BJ checking in on YouTube. He said we talked about getting gashed. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. And that that that's and we because we went all the way back to what I think we were talking in the 90s. Yeah. And how our defensive lines, when we needed a stop, we never could get it.
1: Yep. And
0: I think now we, we have a pretty good defensive front, and it's a little bit more angry.
1: Yes.
0: Uh Dumney Flip Philip, Hey hello, nice to meet you as well. Uh moving right along. Last night, commanders win, snap the Raven streak. So many people on Twitter and and social media has so much to say about Washington celebrating a preseason win when nobody ever said anything for the last four or five years of the Ravens saying, hey, we got a preseason streak. And, you know, nobody's beat us in the preseason in this long. But we snapped that streak, which is not. You know, the first streak that the Washington Commanders have snapped, or the Washington football team, we snapped uh, Pittsburgh's 11-0 streak. Yeah. We snapped uh, the, the 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 Eagles' 8-0 streak, beat them. And now we just snapped the 24-game win streak of, preseason win streak of the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's a reason to be happy because we played a, a, a really, really decent game yesterday, and I'll start with Ross. Give me your thoughts on last night's game. How did you feel? I mean, coming away.
1: You know what? The the what it showed me, yeah, it's exhibition, but down to the 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 guys that'll be driving the beer trucks when they get cut. Everybody played like they wanted to win. Everybody it, it, it seemed like a total different attitude out on there. And you know what? I'm gonna try, not taking anything away from Ron. I'm gonna tri- attribute that to Eric Bianami. I'm gonna attribute Some of that to to Eric Biannimi, quite a bit of that, actually, because the feistiness, all the other stuff that you've seen, we didn't have it in years past. What's the one thing that's changed? Scott Turner's out. Eric Biannimi's in. And, again, I'm not not jumping on Scott, but I'm just telling you the, the, the team played like they wanted to win. And it's been a long time since the team's, exhibition or not, it's played like they wanted to win. Like, you know, it's not just an exhibition game. And the crowd was into it. Um, Josh Harris up in the booth. I'm glad to see our owner be out and people are just like, hey, that's our owner, instead of seeing the little troll go streaming down the sides and go into the back and and nobody sees him.
0: So, Ross, you've been a fan of this team for a while.
1: Long time. Um, I don't know
0: if you saw the beginning of the game. But, like, just a feel for the atmosphere. Did you get a feel? Did you get goosebumps? Did it bring back memories for you just the I way the stadium looked?
1: I smiled. I, I sat there, and I heard the noise, and I'm like, okay, all right. It's And, and it wasn't Ravens fans. It wasn't all Ravens It was some Ravens fans mixed in. But it, it wasn't all Ravens fans. Like, it would have been years past. They, they, they showed up. Um, Josh Harris asked them, hey, show up. Please show up. And he, he, he's been asking, and they've been doing that at every turn at, at training camp at any of the parties or anything they're showing up. So the fans are holding up their end of the deal. And I think Josh will too, but you could hear, you could hear the fans. Now I had to watch the replay of the game winning kick because I had to go to bed. Four o'clock comes off early. So I had to go to, I had to go to bed, but you, you could hear it. It was, I won't say it was like old times, but it w- it was like a real team. It it was it was like our our fans were in the building and they were making noise. It-, it it you you could hear that. You could audibly hear that on television. I know if you guys watched it or listened to it on the radio or what have you, it you could hear the Washington fans.
0: Totally agree, Ross. Totally agree. My thing. The mute button got me. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm sorry. I, I was doing something at the same time, and I didn't hear you. Go ahead, KG. Go ahead. No, I, I, I think last night was kind of a uh, – I'm not going to say a a, a a climax of Daniel Snyder not being here, but you felt a difference all along the, the, the way. And I agree with Rose. It was it it was different, and you got to give a lot of credit to Herb and me. Like, of course, everything's vanilla now, but if we're looking this good playing vanilla, right? I can't wait till the wrinkles come out. And uh, I seen somebody say it on—I can't remember who it was—but they were saying that uh, Josh, when Josh Harris was being interviewed by Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, which is odd hearing them on Monday night. But uh, they was like, "Oh, Josh Harris," like he t- he like to toss back a few. He's gonna be asleep by the fourth quarter. (laughs) But he is, he is a, Josh Harris is a He's a fan. fan. Right, yeah, he's a fan. Yeah, and I, I, cause I kind of got a little skeptical because that was the tagline for Dame Snyder. Oh, he grew up in the area. He's been a fan since, you know, he was a kid and this, that, and the other. Yeah, but it's different being a, a fan. As a kid and then you take over the team and you say, all right, I'm going to emulate Jerry Jones rather than saying, you know what, let me put people in place to get this done. And that's what Josh Harris is doing. He's putting people in place to get it done because I don't think I think we're top priority, but I don't think we're his number one priority as far as the team goes, because he has the Devils, he has the Sixes, and he already got a problem up in New Jersey, uh, up, up in Philadelphia. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It seems hard, so. So I don't, I don't think of him having – I mean, you got to think about it. These guys are uh, billionaires, and they don't spend their time doing one activity, and they don't concentrate on, on having eight hours doing one job. So he's going to have his time in with this process and this program – And then he's also going to instill power in the people that are around him to get the things done that need to be done on a daily basis. And I think that's where the biggest difference, that's where the biggest shift comes in this program and how we do things. It's going to be a shift to actually having somebody that's willing to let go of the reins. And if I pay you to do X, Y, and Z, I allow you to do X, Y, and Z. So there's a difference between a boss and a leader. Dan Snyder was a boss. This yep. guy's a leader. Yep. 100
1: percent. That's he's got people in positions that that can do what's needed. It's not just him. Like with Daniel Snyder, it was just him, or him and Vinnie Serato. or him and Bruce Allen. It. He's got Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson. I can't remember the other gentleman's name. Um. I'm.
0: Himself. Yeah, I think it's I and somebody else.
1: Right, but he he's got guys that seem to be just as vested. Mitchell Rails was out there to begin at the Cleveland game out there giving high fives to the guys as it ran out. I mean, they seem like they're invested. They they had the best spokesperson in Magic Johnson to relate to the public and everything. I, I just, it's like KG was saying, it wasn't the climax, but I can see it. You can see it building. And if this team gets off to a fast start, it's gonna be crazy.
0: The boss BJ says uh Joe Buck and he gives them all thumbs down. I don't know why what is wrong
1: with Joe Buck. <laughs> I'm not a Joe Buck fan. Not what a Joe Buck fan. Really? Neither what, am I. Not, not a not a Joe Buck fan. I don't know. I don't know why. I can't pinpoint one thing. Just not I loved his dad calling baseball games. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Buck, and not a fan.
0: Th- that's one of the reasons why I like Joe Buck, because I've heard him call baseball games on Fox. Yeah. And I, postseason baseball, he he was a voice of postseason baseball for me on Fox. Yep. But I, not many people really like him. And then the boss BJ also adds, I'd rather eat a stop sign on a 100 degree day than listen to him. <laughs> Good grief. Rough crowd, man. Yeah. Rough crowd. That's going to be terrible on his teeth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, we, we can jumping off on announcements real quick. I mean, we don't really have that. Of tandem anymore. Mm-mm. So, you know, you know, Summerall and Madden were tops. Right. So the difference is you got, and here we go. Thanks, <laughs> KG. We're on the exit ramp. <laughs> we're gonna <don't> back up <laughs> off of it. But no, no. Um, I think we have Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. It's probably my my one seed right now, but I think the difference is um Joe Buck and Troy kind of just stuck around and they were the main guys for so long. So they became, but the difference is that we don't always consume sports the same way like we used to. So you don't fall in love with the announcers as much.
1: Right. You know what I'm
0: saying? I don't think, I don't think of kids today saying, Oh, I got to sit down and listen to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. You know what I'm saying? I think that's more us. I, I think right. that's more our generation than anybody else's.
1: We listened to games on radios. Now I, I listen. I don't know how much you guys did, but radios like baseball games. If I had my radio, I, I could pick up Yankees games sometimes, not all the time, but I could pick up Yankees games on my little transistor radio at my parents' house. I listened to Ron Weber for years, called Capitals games on transistor radio. Just a little trim with a little thing in, would mm-hmm. wind up falling asleep, waking up in the middle of the night with it still in my ear, taking it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I did that with Bulls games in the nineties. I would listen to Johnny Red Kerr. That's I'm a big Bulls fan, but I would listen to the Bulls and it would work when I was home. But when my godmother lived in Northeast, it would work even better at her house. When I couldn't get WGN, I I listened to Bulls games. I still listen to games on the radio now. I love it. There was uh, a
1: you guys probably know of this. I can't remember the name of the station, but there was an underground hip hop station out of New York that you could pick up like after 12:30 or one o'clock at night. If it was no cloud, if it was clear, and you could pick it up, and you and you could get some of the stuff that wasn't on regular radio, that that was coming out at, at that time, and I can't remember f- what the name of it was, but it, it was it was an underground radio where they were they were spinning them.
0: I remember that. And I can't remember the name of it either. God, I I remember was, that. It 1450? was it fourteen fifty? Was it that? I, I mean, it was
1: a long time ago, man. It was. It was I know. I know there
0: was. There used to be a hip hop channel, but I used to be able to pick up every so often. It was like 1450, 1480. Um, and again, it was so long ago. But Definitely. yeah, I, I remember picking up something like that every now and then. It was, But it was never consistent. Yep. And of course, the boss, BJ, got something to say. If you find a big enough trash truck, it would give you the medal you need to listen to Yankees games. Only trash truck, though. <laughs> hey,
1: 27 <laughs> 20
0: World trash Championships trash. are you still hating, my brother? Let me ask you gentlemen a question. Even though it's preseason, but Sam Howell last night was 19 to 25, 188 and two touchdowns. He had quite a few precision throws that were on the button. Like his poise, pocket presence. Is it too early to get hyped up on him and say, okay, we got ourselves a quarterback, y'all?
1: Maybe to say, yeah, we definitely have one, but I would say that he, everything points to him having the tools to be a quarterback. I mean, you can't tell until they start playing the real games, and, and until you know he faces Buffalo's defense in week was it three or four? Um, Arizona's, mm-hmm. you know, until he starts fate, But he he's making the right decisions. If he's got to throw the ball away, he doesn't mind punting. He'll throw the ball away and we'll get him next series. He doesn't force it in anywhere. So. He he's growing. He he was better from the Cleveland game to this game, and they didn't. I mean, they put the ball up some, but I expect they'll probably put the ball up a lot more in the regular season because they're like Ben said. They're they're just they're vanilla right now. They're just running everything vanilla, and you, you're not you're not going to have you know 25 out of 30 for 288 yards in, in a in a preseason game unless you've got a quarterback that's trying to make the roster play in the second half.
0: And you know what, Ross, to your point there, Ross, I don't even think you want that even in the regular season. I think we want, you want him right around that 240, 250,
1: yep.
0: um, because that's going to tell me that, A, our running game is in high gear um, and we're we're playing – we're running the ball to, and passing off for the run game. Um, back to your original thought, KG, when you were saying about Sam and how do you feel, like for me, I'm biased because um, one of the first things I've seen him do – is he likes to look for the shot and then he figures out the rest of the way. That's, I love that. That is the, like, that is, if, if there's a, a section of the QB Bible for Ben Conti. that's like <laughs> commandment number one. You know what I'm saying? Let's take the shot first and then we come back to the rest of this. Um, I do see at times a little hesitancy, but I, it seems like when he holds the ball too long, he'll come back and correct that. Um, if he throws it in the wrong window, he'll come back and correct it. So I have hope. Um, and for me, I feel like that's even bigger. And I think that's part of the reason why we had to let this kid have every rep in every practice yeah. because his hope could solve something that we haven't been able to figure out for 25 years or 30 years. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. Progression. You can watch him go through the progressions. Last night I saw him – Look downfield. Go to the middle. Go to the right. Go back, and then throw it to Brian Robinson out in the flat on the right, right hand side. We haven't had anybody do that. Taylor would go one out, one two out, but we haven't had anybody who would go through his his full reads and make the right read and make the right read and not worry about being you know checked down or whatever. But he showed some arm strength. He showed me that he has more arm strength than I thought he did. I mean, I knew I hear everybody said he's got a strong arm, but when he got sacked. On that one play, the next play, he came out of thing. Ben and I had talked about this. He threw the ball 100 miles an hour to Cole Turner, and they mm-hmm. got a first down.
0: That was at third and 15, yeah. Yep,
1: yep.
0: And the, the boss BJ checks in with what I was getting ready to go to next. Terry's toe, uh, should we be concerned with that? I mean, Always. even though we had the depth at, at, at receiver, you don't want to lose scary Terry.
1: Right. Always. With a toe? I mean, at least it wasn't a broken bone or a broken ankle, but a toe. That can linger. How many running backs? You can look and wide receivers with toe, turf toe. Um, and we have a lot of receivers, but we don't have a lot of receivers like Terry. So I'm, I'm concerned. But, I mean, they said today that he thinks he'll be ready for week one. So you, 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 you don't know, you know, you're ready for week one, but you're a decoy. Can you actually stick your foot in the ground and cut? I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see. Hopefully he, he can, that that would be a big blow to, to, to the offense. Not as dangerous without him out there.
0: I can't, I can't agree with you more. I think the, the biggest issue in the, in the word I was trying to avoid was turf toe, but I guess when yeah. the told that's all it ever becomes. Um, Cause I remember it was either 94, or 95. Dion had turf toe and it was, it was barking the whole year. And he just never could get rid of it or get away from it. Um, So, yeah, I I definitely uh, think there's some concern. The other reason I have concern is because every time they tell us something is a day-to-day injury, we end up losing a guy for weeks. I mean, wasn't Logan Thomas a um, day-to-day thing? And now all of a sudden here we are um, almost three, four weeks later, and we still don't see Logan on the field. Like that's a question
1: about Logan. When you get done and we get, I want to ask, ask a question. Same thing I asked you last night. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. I I mean, I just think there's an issue with this medical staff at times when we give out and it's, and it's not just the um, commanders, the nationals too. The nationals have had the same problem where you tell us, Oh, it's, it's a, it's a thing. And the next thing you know, um, Max Schurz is out for four to eight weeks or, or somebody's gone from Victor Robles. it has yep. gone from day-to-day to the 60-day um, I.L. Like, what's going on with his back? Is this really a back thing, or are we really trying to avoid playing this kid so whatever value he, ha- he has, um, we can save it? Because next season, you're moving up a bunch of guys. So right. that's the concern I have there. But back to Logan, I just think Logan's I uh, um, – I don't know. I think Logan's – A situation that I have—I'm probably at a seven on the concern meter because I just haven't seen or heard enough good stuff coming back from that. I'm—I'm—I'm a little bit higher than seven because I asked the question. I think I asked the question maybe about a week and a half ago when they first said he was hurt again, and it was serious. Uh, not matter of fact, this is last Thursday. It was last Thursday. Not saying that, you know, I'm ready to give up anything, but how much longer do we have? How much more of a window do we have with Logan? Because he he was a key cog in the offense two years ago. And when we lost him, you saw the offenses go straight down. How much more of a window do we have before these injuries take their toll? And we don't have the guy anymore. That's my concern. Well, that's yeah. your concern, but let's um, hey Ross, let's get your question. Let's get you out of here, um, right. and then we'll um finish up with a little bit because we got one more after you you finish. Okay. Um, so what was we were talking about? It and I forgot what we were talking about. So let's let's just okay. go ahead and just jump into it.
1: Well, with with Logan, because I'd ask you, do you think that they will cut him? Um, right. And we, I know that he's our our best tight end, but Cole Turner has been producing not as much as Logan would when, when he's healthy, but when was the last time that Logan was healthy? Healthy. What well, was healthy? I mean it's been it's been a long time and you're paying him decent money because they signed didn't they sign him to a big contract? They he's him around eight.
0: probably seven or eight million um right. on the cap. And, and and I think we talked about it last night I it's it's a great point. I think I think if they had drafted a tight end this year. Right. I think that question becomes bigger because then you start talking about cap savings as well. Um, right. And like I said last night, I think the problem for Logan was he got cheap shot at in, him in, um, in Vegas yep. and, and, and that that shouldn't have happened. And then the other one was just the cash strain late in the year and he just couldn't get back. But Logan was wild. There were so many games last season where we settled for field goals yeah. where if Carson Wentz or Taylor Honeke could get the ball within. And this is scary that we couldn't get the football in the radius of a six-foot-six guy
1: yep.
0: with a six-seven wingspan. We can't get the football in the radius of his body for him to catch a football.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, at what point do you pull the plug? I mean, at, I think I think you
0: point? have to go through the season. Okay. I think you have to go through the season, and then um, if I had my sports track up, I would see what the salary is next year because maybe he's done with all his – his money that we promised him the signing bonus money. Right. And now you get an easy exit ramp because nothing hits your cap. There's no need to taking a, a cat hit for right. the tight end. And I think this is the season. Like, honestly, next year I feel our first two picks should be, um, a tackle, a tackle has to be one of the first or second pick. And then I think the tight end has to come in next because we have to get a playmaker and tight end. Um, and hopefully, if we have a done enough season, we'll be in that category where the guy like um, the kid out of Georgia, um, Bowers, is available. And maybe right. you can get something like that or where you can get a playmaker. Because when right. I see Bowers, I see a very, very athletic Chris Cooley. Yeah, yeah. He's
1: a little bit bigger than Cooley was
0: though, right? Yeah. He's a little bit bigger, and he's definitely faster. Yeah. But they just have this way of getting open in his knack. That's cool. Right looking at uh Logan Thomas contract base salary uh 6.2 million with a signing bonus of 1.7 uh his roster bonus this year is 350,000 workout bonus 300,000 so his cap hit is 8.6 million damn okay. so i don't and but going is, year, going to next year what's his 2023 20, cap number if he has one his cap hit for next year is a little bit less is 8.3 Okay, but what's his? Does he have a dead money? Uh, after year two, his dead cap would have been three and a half million. So they would have let him go now. I think it would, the dead cap would be three and a half million. Okay, and that's just basically a signing bonus.
1: Yeah,
0: that's just that's all that is. That's just a signing bonus money. <sighs> but now he's I- going to be thirty two this year. But who that's. And Ross, you said exactly what I'm afraid of. Do you cut them? Do you cut them? That's a good question. Well, I'm I think next you. year you'll figure it out because you get 80. I think this team has 80 million cap space going into next season. Yeah. So you, you have decisions. Like that. You have decisions to make. You're not. You're not. I'm sorry. You're not invested in both the ends. You cannot. That would be physically irresponsible to invest in both the ends. You have to hit the extra ramp with one of them. Flip a coin. Um. Do whatever, dude. You, you're talking. Right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're talking about the hundred million dollar line. You're paying twenty to twenty two for for Josh John. You're paying twenty something for what's we call it, and then you're gonna pay both your DNs twenty five. What kind of physically responsible roster building are we doing here? I never said I was fiscally responsible about anything. gracious. <laughs> 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 you, you hold on, wait, wait, wait! You talking to a man that gave a quarterback that was a backup quarterback one hundred twenty five million dollars? Oh, you, we gotta fire you! We can't hey, let you do any wrong. That's how we off in a heartbeat. I wanted to win. I knew my quarterback was older. I wanted to lock this dude up. Forget that.
1: But one hundred twenty five
0: million. I was young. I was young. I learned from my mistakes. I get what you're saying, but here's the thing. Let me rephrase that. I get what you're saying. However, who do you choose between? Do you choose? And we're talking chase and and sweat. I think you let the season play out and you let them let the chips lay. And the guy, it may come down to, here's the thing. I'm going to say it this way. It may come down to signability. It may come down to the guy that you can get the better deal with, who's willing to put pen to paper right then and there. And if that's one, then you, you franchise the other and then you tell his agent we're going to friend. I mean his agent's the same guy so you just tell him hey we're signing this one tell the other one we're going to franchise tag him and then you can go looking for trades what if and this is oh, what if no no what what if both of them have double digit sacks and I'm not talking oh both one got 10 one got 11 what if one has 15 and one has 17 then you trust your football guy because it's not going to be marty it's not going to be the marty party because I think, as, I think another conversation that has to happen, if it hasn't already happened, is that um, Josh Harrison Company have to tell this, this guy, that's our coach, hey, we don't believe in coach-centric. We right. believe in GMs and believe in the power being in the GM. So we're going to take power from you. You can keep your contract. Because that, that happened before we got here. We're not responsible for that. We'll still pay you. But we have to get to what we believe in and that's a GM or football person making football decisions for this team. Do
1: Do we know if Chase wants to be here after everything Ooh, that's going on?
0: That's somebody. He, hang, that's the Chris Russell. That's a Chris Russell question. Well, I think,
1: I, this is totally from me. I haven't I haven't listened to Chris in about a week. I've got to catch up with some episodes. But do, do we know? I mean, you saw you, you've seen him out there. He seems everything's fine. But with everything that's going on, and you don't know how he feels.
0: I don't see him not wanting to be here, but I can, if, if that conversation came up and he's like, can I go somewhere else? I can see it because um, I forgot who I was listening to this morning. It might've been Brian. Um, I know it wasn't the junkies cause they don't say anything important. Um, so I'm um, well, sure it
1: wasn't Sheehan.
0: <laughs> I don't even listen to him either. So, so yeah, so it's probably, so like Y'all she alone now. So so it's like one of the 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 thing he said was Actually it was Kedrick Golston And Golston said The only problem with Chase is He's grown up high school Here he went away for college But he came back and started his pro career Becoming a man here Back in his hometown So he didn't have that separation So he wonders if Those people that from high school Those people that he hung out with You know, they're hanging on and they're almost kind of draining or not giving them the opportunity to grow into the player he wants to be because he's still handling stuff um because of his local, you know, responsibilities.
1: Kind of the Kevin Durant effect.
0: Exactly, exactly. We talk about that all the time. That's why you don't get players from the area that come back to play anymore because of that. That's what Kevin Durant said. He said, I can't go back because I'll never be able to be me because I can i get tickets can you do this oh my family needed it It, it's a lot that goes with it so i understand that and i think i think the biggest example of what we're talking about in that scenario is a guy like even though he wasn't in his hometown but let's think about the career of Trent richardson Trent richardson spent a, a majority of his career if you read some of the articles trying to take care of everybody and it got to the point that it was so stressful that i don't know if he was able to concentrate on being a running back in this league and it failed in Indianapolis. It failed in Cleveland, and now the guy's at home. And I don't know what's left of his estate, but I know he gave a good portion of his estate away because he was always trying to do favors yep. for family and friends.
1: That was a talented dude, man. Yeah, man, coming out of Alabama, he was a ta- he was a talented dude. I know the one year he had the big year in the NFL. I did have him on my fantasy team, though. I know, I know that. So he he definitely helped out.
0: Speaking of fantasy. Are you, you're in the league, Ross.
1: Absolutely. Can't
0: and do you're doing the picks. Around me. You're doing the I picks. Right. I said, "Are you doing the picks?" Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I got you. Right. You sent the the thing. I got the thing uh last okay. night that you sent me, and I signed I signed up for it.
0: I got an All right. So
1: you guys know me. I kind of like to
0: peruse in the Vegas scene of gambling. So, there's another one on ESPN called um, win totals. Would you guys have interest in that? So, basically, it gives you a number. So, let's say Washington is 6.5. You pick the over under. Are they going over 6.5 wins or are they going to be under 6.5? If it's Kansas City, it's 11.5. Going over or under. Trust me. I did that on
1: DraftKings. DraftKings. I did that. Yep, I did that on DraftKings. I put... 50, was a 50-25 on Washington being over six and a half. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, this one you don't have to bet on. This is just strictly okay. for um for fun. But you okay. can pick every – it's like all all 30 teams. Uh, I think last year I was like 17 and 13. Um, I think Atlanta killed me and it was somebody else that I had like right at the end that messed me up. But that's another option. And since it's here with the Sideline Junkies, you know, I will always put it in a format that everybody can jump into it. Um, it's as much fun as we can have as a group, man.
1: That'll work.
0: And before we jump, uh, the boss BJ says, right now, sweat. More sacks means more trade value. And I agree with that. But so then wouldn't you trade sweat and then keep chase? I'm, I'm answering the question. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to make this decision yet. You asked me this question. I'm not ready to make this decision yet. All right, Ross. Since he doesn't want to commit either way, so what's your view on this? Would you do you think at this point right now, if you had to trade one or the other, are you trading Chase because of the potential, or are you trading Sweat because he's got the production?
1: Um, to be honest, what I can get back the most, whoever I can get back the most for, that'll help my team. That's if I can trade Chase. And get back, you know, a two and a player, or a one and a player, or what? How? Whoever gives me the most to to make my team better, is is who who I would trade. Um, You got to wait till the season plays out, like KG said. You got to wait for it to play out. Once it plays out, then you can kind of make a decision. Um, I know Chase had the the stinger, the neck stinger, right? Um, in in the thing. So I want to see how he heals up from that. And just to make sure he doesn't have a bunch of nagging injuries. You know, he's been working out trying to get back and his tendons and everything. You know, I just, I want to see how he's going to go. Same with Sweat. Both of those, they're great athletes. Both of them, there's no way we can sign both of them. There's just, there's just no way. There is a way, but then we're strapped. But yeah, it, it, whatever, whoever would draw the most interest and and would bring me the most for the team, I I, I would trade them. I'd, I'd trade them before camp was over if that was the case.
0: So, and it sounds like what you're saying. If I mean, and I'm in this thought process too. If this team signs both the ends, you're essentially not putting any money into linebacker, and you're definitely not putting any money in the running back because no, you just no. can't. Right. You would have to. You would have to draft a running back every year for the next for, for however long their contracts go, because you got to keep it cheap in the running right. back room, and then you're gonna have to keep it cheap at the linebacker spot.
1: Well, they have like our running back room is, is good. I'd put our running back room against a lot of the guy, a lot of the teams in the league, just yeah. like our receiver, just like our receiving group. Our running backs and our receivers are better than Kansas City's. They have a better tight end. Now, Kadarius right. Tony, he might be okay, but he hasn't done it for as long as Curtis Samuel, if he stays healthy, or Terry McLaurin. So I, I think those two with linebacker, they haven't really addressed linebacker. They don't seem like they're concerned about linebacker. They'll sign a free agent here or there, but they're not—they're not concerned about it. They're—they're they're out here playing. Was it the one five one or the four? The but
0: the cinco package. package.
1: Yeah. So if if they could be successful doing that, if they keep getting ripped for runs, you may want to put that third linebacker out there and, and, and adjust the defense. But who knows? That's,
0: I'm gonna tell you right now, that's not gonna happen.
1: Well, They'll know, go with
0: the. They'll go with the five line down yeah. and they'll give you the one line back in the middle and the and more than likely they'll invert it and bring curl down to the box. Right. I think last year he had the green button, I mean the green dot on his helmet. Yeah. And then you'll see some combination of um Forrest and maybe Forrest and Reeves or yeah. Forrest and Butler.
1: Yeah, well, that's they gotta sign, they gotta sign curl. They they, they need to sign curl. Don't let it Absolutely. go any further. Just they, they need to sign curl. I would sign him before I signed either one of the defensive ends. I'd sign Curl.
0: I try to sign Curl tomorrow.
1: Yep, <laughs> I can agree. One hundred percent.
0: Because if you get him now, because don't give him any more time to put anything else on tape. Right. Because you lose his he, he's going to gain he's going to do nothing but gain value. Right.
1: Price. Is and one thing on.
0: you don't need to do is let him gain value because you end up in a nice position where you didn't sign Turner ahead of time or ahead yep. of schedule, and Turner came out in – Jumped his value probably 50 million in the last two seasons. He was here. Rendon, the same thing, even though Rendon isn't earned it right now. He still jumped yep. from like 175 guy to a 245 guy.
1: Yep,
0: and I really thought the thing with the D line, they should have gone with the Colts copy when the Colts had their front, they got rid of Buckner early. Right. I'm sorry. San Francisco. They got rid of Buckner early, traded him to the Colts. Got a first-round pick, whatever they gave up. They drafted a young um, defensive lineman um, out of South Carolina that year. And the only problem he's had is he's just been hurt. No. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, okay, I'm I'm sitting here agreeing with y'all. The only thing that's that that was surprising is hearing the Midnight Rider of all people talk about signing a running back. <laughs> I didn't sign the running back. I said we just let them go. You pay. You pay them on the cheap. Right. Yeah, you yeah. say pay, keep them on the cheap, but I mean, you know, you're gonna what you say draft the running back every year.
1: Nah, yeah. man. sixth or seventh round. You just draft the back, and if he happens to flash, you, you keep him. You can play special yeah. teams and fill in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, we draft one in the fourth because now you got to you got to replace Gibson soon. Yeah. Damn, the brother still producing. Oh, you, I, you got right Rodriguez. Right brian Robinson is on the second half. second year of his deal i mean there we go <laughs> we're churning the burner running backs baby i'm sorry
1: yeah. Yeah. you I, see how the league's treating the running backs oh yeah they're like a one night stand bang we'll see you later and, yeah, you know, and that's
0: that's the, the perfect perfect analogy right it's it's sad. it i you go from I mean, but you also got to realize there are there are no more Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smiths, uh, uh, Eric Dickersons. They're no more every down backs anymore. Everybody's a special right. back. Well, no, that's because right. we're not focusing like we used to on the running back position because this is now a passing league. It's not a running league. So now yeah. your running back has to be able to be like a McCaffrey, like a Kamara, where you get you get twenty five touches, but maybe fifteen of those are carries. I mean, I'm sorry. 18 of those are carries and seven are um, passing plays out of the backfield. Yeah, like, That's what B Robbers will look like this year. He's probably going to have about 15 or 16 carries, and then you're going to get like four or five um, receptions.
1: Yeah, he's going to be involved in
0: the passing offense. Yeah. The boss BJ said he found a running back in District Taco. <laughs> <sighs> and you, you I'm going to tell you another position. Lineback is starting to become that now. You don't need to become, become uh, expendable. I said that too. What was it? The Sunday Show. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's the, the the linebackers are now old safeties that used to play in the box. So yeah, guys like a Landon Collins, because um, they're gonna have to cover still. So you need some athleticism, right. but those guys are now being pushed down.
1: They need side. They need to be able to go side to side, not so back. Exactly. They just need. They need to go side to side,
0: and that's because we're playing football now all 50 yards of the field yeah. the length, the width of the field yep yeah. i mean look at the number of bubble screens the the wide receiver screens we're running we're running the the the, the back in the flats so all that we're running outside zone outside zone sweeps toss sweeps yeah. toss cracks
1: <sighs> yeah, somebody the got there. yeah the screen game is something that we're going to see a lot this year they they haven't they haven't brought it out in preseason
0: we're, we're all spot.
1: Yeah, they
0: ran three last night, and all yep. three they just like it was just just off by just a little bit.
1: Yep. that's all timing. That's all yep. lineman's time. That that that's all it is. I'm just telling you, they they're gonna run them. B Rob's gonna get get some chances in the screen in the screen game.
0: Totally. Right. Well, before we wrap this thing up. Ross thank you from the bottom of my heart man for just coming in and just talking with us like this is this is kind of sort of how the show's been going with the comments but the simple fact that you're here it's like <laughs> oh oh man it, it's it's this was just this is beautiful because just the conversation alone and this is this is one of those shows that I always say I wish we had more airtime. I wish we had the opportunity to, to do a All normal right. show and go four hours. Like we don't need no commercials, man. We don't need no commercials, you know, right. but I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for joining us tonight.
1: Well, and- I want to thank you guys for having me on. Um, you guys have taken me in like from, from the beginning when I started, um, Ben, Ben reached out to me when my wife passed and we we've talked ever since, um, I think a lot of you guys, and I try to never miss a, a show. So I appreciate what you do, and thanks for, for allowing me to come in and run my mouth for a while.
0: Hey, man, we appreciate you doing it, man. You being the first. And I told you all in the beginning, we weren't going to just be a segment, <laughs> but you <laughs> ain't want to believe me. Right. <laughs> Look, I, I kept it tame, man. I kept it tame. That's all I can say is I kept it tame. I was I, waiting I, for I, you I, to I, jump on the um segment. But- I, I – We'll have to say that for another show because, oh, my goodness.
1: We can do an autograph show down the road sometime when you get a chance. We can. Go ahead. I got. I have my website. If you go to uh, RossSportsAutographs.com, it'll show some of my collection on there. You'll see some of the signed um, mini helmets and the Redskins. I got a uh, Sonny Jurgensen and um, uh, Otto Graham signed 8x10. That's a pretty cool story. Um, I had a friend of mine who golfed with Otto Graham's son, and he gave me the address. I sent it to Otto. Otto signed it, gave me his phone number to give to Sonny when I mailed it to Sonny. First time Sonny returned it, I put on, wrote a note, said Otto Graham, and sent it, and Sonny signed it and sent it back to me and said, hey, thanks for passing along the information. And him and, and Otto, that's when Otto first got diagnosed with dementia, and he wanted to meet back up with Sonny and talk. It was really cool, but that's one of my favorite, my prized possessions. It may not be worth anything, but it, it's Otto Graham and Sonny Jurgensen standing there together, and it's a sign, black and white. It's on my Redskins page on there.
0: Oh, man. Now I'm getting ready to go check that out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely get ready to check that out. <laughs> uh, you just made my day, Ross. Yeah, you showed up dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, put it this way. Otto Graham uh, – I, I could go on and on, but I read books and seen video. Like as a kid, people I'm in elementary school, people talking about, you know, Randall Cunningham. And I'm like, man, Otto Graham and Johnny United. Like, who? Th- th- that's what I did. That's that was me as a kid. Um, the boss BJ says, Is that is that the reason that teams are getting gashed in a run game? It's probably because the linebackers are going downhill.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you have less linebackers on there. If you, if you tie tie up the front end, you tie up the, the the defensive line, and you're already outnumbering five to four, and you get somebody to go and break through to the second level, they get a block. They don't got to get much of a block to spring the back.
0: There it is. It's it's, it's the old um, Vince Lombardi clip. You get a seal here and a seal there.
1: Yeah,
0: it creates the alley, baby. Yep. Hey. Not going there with you. Nope, nope, nope. We're not going to break down the sweep tonight. Nope, no whiteboard tonight. Uh, the balls BJ say line linebackers that are athletic but not high awareness. Yeah, that makes sense. And Next, yeah, I think that's supposed to be thank you. I think that's what, yeah, I think that's supposed to be thank you. <laughs> I think he's driving, so he oh. saying that's who I think that's supposed to be thank you. <laughs>
1: thank you for having me, man. I, I really appreciate it. It's the most fun I had in a long time. I appreciate it.
0: All right, man. Definitely, man. We'll we'll extend the invite again. I um it. we got a couple to get through. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 circle back around. Of All course right, we will.
1: I appreciate it. Y'all have a good night. Take it easy. All right, you, you the same, man. All right, bye.
0: And that's our Joe the Fan, inaugural Joe the fan. I knew you couldn't keep the clock. I knew you weren't going to keep the clock. Almost, I was <laughs> close. But we're going to wrap this thing up quick. Um, first and foremost, by us being based in the the DC area, DC, Maryland, Virginia, whatever you want to call it, gotta say uh, a, a posthumous happy heavenly birthday to the Godfather, Go Go Chuck Brown. Uh, Chuck Brown Day was over the weekend on the nineteenth at Fort Dupont Park. Uh, me personally, I remember being a young cat out in the streets and all my friends were older than me and they were like, hey, we're going to see Chuck tonight, but I'm going with y'all. Now you got to be 25 years old to go see Chuck. All right, so y'all just going to leave me out. But I did get the opportunity to see Chuck Brown play at the Stone Soul Picnic in 2001. I, got, I did get a chance to see him play then. It may not have been, you know, black hole or Ibex or the ice box or nothing like that. But I got to see Chuck Brown play. So, uh, I'm truly curious to see. Um, I think in our chat, we, you guys send out, um, these videos where it talks about, um, the samples and I'm yeah. very curious to see like where his samples end up and with songs that the sample is in and you don't even think about it. It's just in the, it's just there, you know, um, Cause I know uh, Trouble Funk's been sampled, so I can only imagine mm-hmm. that I mean, as much music as Chuck has had out there, that Chuck some part of Chuck's music has has made it to the hip hop scene and um, been influential, or you know made a hit somewhere. The song Ashley's Roach Clip. The oh, I knew you was going back here. Yeah, the 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 drum beat uh, paid in full by Eric a Rock him. Hey Young World by Slick Rick. Run's house by run DMC set adrift on memory bliss by PM dong and uh girl, you know, it's true by Millie Vanilli and unbelievable by EMF all sample Ashley's rose clip. And that's just some of them. That song has been sampled. I think 3000 times. Amazing. Not to mention busting loose, you know, hot in here was a sample of busting loose. So go goes worldwide, baby. Um, pre-show we were talking about the u.s uh basketball team and the midnight rider brung out brung up a very very good point and he said that you know this is just a coming out party for anthony edwards oh heck yeah i mean that kid is shown out i mean he's gonna come a long way from being kermit in um the hustle movie on netflix now he's he's just he's got everything and i i if it wasn't for Jokic and somebody and some of the other established guys, I would almost, and I still might do this, I might throw like 10 bucks on him being like the MVP. The only problem is I just don't think their record will be high enough or good enough. Cause he plays with um two of the biggest useless big men in the NBA, um, Carl Anthony Towns and um Rudy Gobert. Uh the infamous Rudy Gobert, who couldn't make a move on a six-one point guard in the post, which still doesn't make sense to me. But hey, it is what it is. Hey, but, don't forget Rudy Gobert shut the whole world down. He, I mean, he shut the whole league down. Right, with his COVID situation. Yeah, so, so, so you yeah. about it, you I, Rudy Gobert always. I love to hit the the the, the gangs of New York line. You know, what did it be? a uh, 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 rib, a uh, rib, a chop, loin, a shake, a liver, a heart, a heart. This boy has no heart. That's how I feel about Rudy Gobert. This boy has no heart. Okay. And if he ever wants to rebuttal that, he's got more than enough free range to come on the show. I'm uh, not hard to find. If you need the address, I'll give you my address and I'll tell you to your face, you have no heart. At 41 getting ready to turn 42. I'll wait until my feet swell up and my knees swell up and I still take you down in the paint and take your fucking lunch. That's how much that, I, I, that's I how much I know you don't have any heart. Okay. I don't like Rudy Go bed like that. I mean I see. I see. I mean we we, we probably should have queued up the music. <laughs> KG's got beef. <laughs> I, because it's not that He holds talent hostage. Let's just put it that way. He holds talent hostage. He's a very, very talented player, but he only shows up on certain nights. I want to see you be a dog every night. Every night. I mean, here's how you know he's not that good. Shaq doesn't mention him in in anything. Shaq doesn't try to take shots at him. He doesn't say anything because he doesn't believe the kid is worth it. <laughs> he took shots at Dwight because he thought Dwight had another gear. Yeah. He wasn't getting there. Yeah. And he wanted he wanted Dwight to be so much better. And it took Dwight to realize that Shaq was trying to push him. And he it took him to the end of his career to learn that. But the other part about that is, I mean, I think people sleep on how dominant Dwight was for a stretch. I mean What's your boy um, Orlando coach? The other Van Gundy. Um, Yes, Stan was talking on a podcast. He's like, how is Anthony Davis on the top 75, but Dwight Howard isn't? Uh, And then he talked about that stretch that Dwight had. Like, Dwight carried them to the the finals. Yeah. Had them in in the playoffs in that stretch. I mean, it wasn't much Dwight wasn't doing. And you know what? I had to curb my haterism when I realized all he I kept because I always would say all he can do is dump and play defense, but he's essentially Ben Wallace. Uh, he's more than Ben Wallace. He 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 was a souped up Ben Wallace. He wasn't. I think Ben Wallace was better defensively, but Dwight Howard was a force to be reckoned with during that time. And when he When he started having the back troubles, is when you started to see him kind of go down a little bit. Right. It's when he had the back troubles. But I I I used to get on Dwight Howard a lot because he got Stan Van Gundy fired and then tried to put his arm around him in that press conference. Like he didn't just come out the office getting that man fired. Okay. But personal opinion. If I take personal opinions out of it, I can see. Dwight Howard being on top 75 because he was dominant in the league. But I will say this when Kobe fed him that DMB sandwich, that's like one. I want that poster for my wall now. I'm trying to find that poster so I can put it in a frame and put it in my living room. uh last but not least, um, are you geeked up for Saturday, brother? Saturday. Notre Dame versus Navy, baby. First, we kicking off the college football weekend. Uh, Thursday, we can do some college football preview. Okay. We'll do that. And then, uh, hold, we'll- on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That means, that means it's week zero. Yeah. So the scrutiny begins in, in Boulder, the scrutiny begins. Um, the, the era that is the prime era, the, the coach Sanders era in Colorado, um, as you see the hat, cause prime is one of my guys. So the prime doing it, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a backup, um, Notre Dame. I just want to see Hartman just like, just show, just show. And then I, then I want to see, um, Chris Tyree in the slot. Um, if he can be dangerous in the slot, it could take, this offense to another another level because we got the back, so we know we can run the ball. Um I'm happy from what I remember of Joe Alt as a freshman getting thrown around um, at left tackle to now where he's a stud. Uh, it just shows you how growth and opportunity can change a, a person's um, outlook in their in their, in their in their future. Um they're gonna be solid across the line as always gonna have solid backs. I don't know who the outside receivers are gonna be, but yeah, let's let's go Notre Dame football, baby, for sure. You know what? I might have to go. I might have to find a hat. I might I might come out full OC on um on Thursday. I might bring the whole OC gear out. Give you the <laughs> hat. Give you the, the, the little zip up um partial sweater. Which yeah, Here we go, baby. <laughs> That's the offense, baby. Uh the boss BJ says uh here we go that stretch Ben couldn't t- couldn't mess with Dwight on defense. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But Dwight was was I think he was defensive player two out of that three year stretch. Yeah. Like I like think that's, I think I think the the hate on Dwight hit from his inner career kind of blinded people on his his beginning of his career. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh so that's it for us. We'll be back on Thursday. Um man, this is a great show. I was I wasn't worried. I was just more nervous. I don't know. I get nervous when we have people. When when we had people on, I just get nervous. Like, you know, is the house straight? We we good <laughs> Well, the wings hot enough? I was honestly, man, I was like, I was just so gung-ho, I already knew. Like I know you and I know him. Like I knew the questions were gonna just happen, man. I felt it. Yeah, but here's where I was really, really what I was really really worried about is that wormhole. Gotcha. And going down that worm because I know I know I can talk. And then knowing that Ross knows what he knows, right? I know he can answer some of the questions that I got. I got and right. then that's gonna start that conversation and, and he was later. Yeah, we like, well, what were we talking about? Right. I was worried about that, but I had to keep myself contained. So but for the midnight ride, uh, go that way. The midnight ride, I'm the big guy, KG. See y'all on Thursday, because we don't do no overtime, baby. We are Uh-oh. here. Uh oh, here, here we go. he's still talking about Dwight. Was a the, was the magic Dwight was the magic's defense. He's right. Yeah. We yeah. have Turkaloo and um Michael Pietras. Yeah. Yeah. Who I swear was better than what he was. No that's, comment. Yeah, that's that's a wormhole conversation. <laughs> but we don't do no overtime, y'all. We are out of here.